Yo, what's poppin'? It's your man, Dean Edwards. Welcome to another episode of the Fit for the Market Protocol. Bring the horns in. We will add that later. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, man, what's poppin', y'all? I'm sorry. First apologies that um that this didn't happen last week. Uh, it's not my fault. It's his fault, which we'll get to. Um, you know, I wasn't being lazy because I've been consistent. Um, as I always say, y'all, y'all could uh, check out my, my follow me on all social medias at I am Dean Edwards. Um, you can actually catch me next month, upcoming dates. I'm, I'm leaving for a cruise gig, so y'all won't hear me for for two weeks unless I do a special episode before the end of the week, which probably won't happen. Um, but you'll hear me back at the uh, early July because, as, as I've said before, and you all know, dropping a new episode. Uh, from the Caribbean is a headache because you get to an island. They're like, no, the Wi-Fi is down. You're like, you mean in this in this uh, in, in this the, barn? In the no, no, the entire <laughs> island is down. <laughs> so, um, but you can catch me um, next month. I'm uh, I'm at the uh, Comedy Cellar at the Rio in Las Vegas, I believe, and I'll, I'll double check before um, I go. But I believe that's gonna be. Uh, July 12th through 15th. You can catch me if you're in Vegas. All my people in Vegas have been asking me, yo, when you gonna come back? Because it's been a long time. You can catch me out there. It's been a long it's time. It's been, 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 been a long time. I'm gonna talk to you about <laughs> hip-hop too. So anyway, without further ado, you know, I got my man. I just did his podcast. You've seen him in numerous uh, uh, films as as the big Negro with <laughs> with a shark tooth in his ears. It's very intimidating, and uh, and you can check him out every week on his podcast, the Beige Phillips Show. My man and yours, Mister Dante Nero. Dante, what up, what's up, what's up, what's up? What's up? What's up? And uh, I've never played a black black dude in uh, a film. Really, New Zealand. Oh, Latino, wow, that's, they, that's, that's my goal. One that's day I get, actually get to play a black dude. <laughs> Fiji, you name it, but never a black dude. Well, you always, you know, for those that don't know, and to, to give you, and you asked me what the format, the format for the show is pretty much uh, free for all, but we always, I like dropping, like every episode, we drop drop some jewels, drop a protocol mm-hmm. every week on, on like a lesson that... Some older comics might have forget forgotten, or some some lessons that a newer comic may have just no one ever schooled them to it. Because yeah, I, yeah. you know, there's a lot of free for all, and and you and I both came up during a time when uh, you know was funny that too. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely the 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 level of 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 uh, funny was not only um, higher in my opinion. And if you're a new comic comic and you disagree, hit me in the comment section and get at me. Let me know. Um, but I think comics were stronger, and everybody had their own lane. Yeah, right. Like, like currently, I see a lot of a lot of comics will see somebody that they like, and they clone off of them. And that's and and listen, that's always to be expected. You know, Big J yeah. said on this podcast, you know, I I, I came up, uh, uh, you know, Attell was was a yeah. hero of mine, but Big J now is definitely his own person. Well, when Big J first. Did Tal was his, but it was like if you know there was this whole thing about him, Joe DeRosa, Mike Vecchione, and uh, and, and Kurt Metzger and Kev and really and, and little Kev, all of them used to used to come up here. Well, no, but I mean as David Tal, David Tal as a, a, a Tal hybrids and, and right. but but Jay was a Patrice 
uh, yeah, disciple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so what you see with him now is a combination of the two. Right, right, of right, right. Patrice, who, who, which who could ever think that right. you could meld that together? Right. Like one, um, one of the the, the mixes mm-hmm. that I think is really interesting, and from his own mouth, mm-hmm. is Ted Alexandro. Ted Alexandro is a combination of Dane Cook. Mm. And Todd Barry. Yeah, I definitely see the Todd Barry. So the Barry. low, low. But energy. now that you say that, because Ted, who you, we're naming all these comics yeah. that have done multiple episodes of my show, and Ted definitely because Ted is physical. He's physical, he's very but physical, he's low energy. But low physical. energy, yeah. And and so it's a, you would never even think that right, that right, that's right. a thing, you right. know, that you could put those two. But now that you say that, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. looking at how, yeah, because because uh, Ted. Similar to Dane, I, I was just watching uh, Dane's Vicious Circle. You know, uh-huh. sometimes you're on HBO going, yeah, yeah. like, let me, because they have yeah, the catalog yeah. of old specials. Sure, so sure, I was sure. like, you know what, let me see, you know, because even the, 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 the people out there that, you know, I, that have said, well, Dane Cook's not funny. I'm like, and I remember yeah, Chris Rock arguing, not arguing, but a Rolling Stone interview he did some years back and the and the journalist was was trying to bait him. He was like, yeah. you know, Dane, Dane Cook's not funny and Rock was like, Dane Cook is funny. He was like, You you re- you really think Dane Cook's funny? He was like, Dane Cook just sold out the garden three times. Yeah. Dane Cook is funny. Might yeah. not be funny to you. Yeah. But yeah. to if you a college girl yeah, on yeah. MySpace or whatever social well, media early, early uh, Dane's first half hour the, was the Comedy Central joint, the joint where he threw the water at Wait, the and he did the Velociraptor rolling on the floor yeah, and he, yeah that joint he's a beast that and his album funny, uh, his albums was dope yeah. what I think happens sometimes is you get so famous that you don't have that outside uh, feedback yeah. yeah and then you start you living in this bubble yeah, and then yeah. these people are telling you and then you don't really and then it was just we were just talking about the a level, there's no level of urgency because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your fans love you, whatever you Regardless. do, they love you, right. and 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 you don't have it. You're in that bubble, right? And it can't, you can't, you know, you, you you're not pushing because you got to have somebody close to you mm-hmm. to go, yeah, yeah, that ain't right, that ain't funny, though. Right. <laughs> or or if, especially if you're not out in the clubs, that's right. that's that's why you. But like, I just I I found out on Instagram last last night that Chappelle. Did a like secret show? Yeah, I just saw at the that. Gramercy. Yeah, yeah. I and just saw and that. <laughs> like that's that's a level of fa- but what you appreciate about Dave's level of fame, but still his his commitment to his to his, art. his art form and to just having the outlet is some things bug him. And he's like, he just you know what? I want to I want to go get go on stage. I want to go talk about it. <laughs> and Dang. I I was reading like I, I went online and it said it was announced. Yesterday, and you had so three much. hours to come and and wow. pay eighty five dollars, and one person. So then I st- I started looking at like hashtag Dave Chappelle, and one person said just walked out of a bar, looked up across the street, and it said Dave Chappelle. I went online, said eighty five dollars. So I guess now I'm getting home later, and right, I was like, right. that's okay. yeah, that's that kind to of to me. Thing. That's dope yeah, because yeah. it maintains there's there's a there's an excitement. You yeah. know, there's always yeah. an excitement attached yeah. to uh, to Dave Chappelle because he might do a, do a residency at, at Radio City. Yeah, yeah. Or he'll just say, oh, man, I'm in New York. I feel Let like, you know, man. I'm going to show, just... show up and get on stage. You know? <laughs> and, the pe- and the people will come. Yeah, yeah. And I was saying with, with Dane Cook, Dane, 
you know, in comparison, Dane is very is almost like moves like a a, a lizard, like yeah, a, yeah. he has a fluid yeah. and and a fluidity. And now I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, Ted has that same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's a you know, weird. Movement. I figured yeah. you would dig that yeah. when I, you put the and then you're like, ah, because yeah. I knew I knew Jay was was a tell with Patrice, but yeah, I yeah. never I never thought about Ted. And now I'm like, yo, yeah. he is that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. else do you have anymore? Uh, um, Joe DeRosa's like is a uh, Pat. Oswald and Atal. Okay, okay. That's the mix. Right, so right, right. Does that story thing. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I can see let's that. see. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it just... I mean, you have a lot of dudes like Michael Bigley and those dudes were all Todd Berry. Right. Like, so if you have Taekwondo, Kung Fu... Right, right. Like, he was... He was you know, Todd Berry. Right, That was the right, school right, of right. Todd Berry. Right. And then it, it kind of became this other... This other thing, mm-hmm. you know, so everybody mimics. We all mimic. Yeah. Um, I got a lot of heat for being like Patrice. Mm-hmm. I, um, I remember. I got a lot of heat for that so for a while. But um, we were really, but the, also what a lot of people don't know is that while he was changing, right. we were hanging. Right. Tight. Right. So y'all both sort of, the, you, yeah. there were things that you got from him. There were also things that he got from you. Right. Okay. And, and I was, you know, I was running around. I was male stripping for 10 years. Right. I was right. running, es- <laughs> running the escort service. For you know, somebody, seven. I'm sorry, real quick, because yeah. we, we just bounced it around yeah. and I, 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 we will get to your, 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 uh, your your origin story, but yeah. anytime I talk to um, Hugh Moore, he always oh, yeah. still refers to him as Mandingo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I just I just uh, did Dante's podcast. Yeah, oh, yeah. you hanging with Mandingo? Was <laughs> <laughs> that was ten years deep? Yeah, ten years yeah, deep, and I mean that was Tracy Morgan, mm-hmm. like Tracy Morgan. I remember Tracy not having milk money, mm-hmm. and I used to. So I wanted to do comedy. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't think anybody would take me seriously. <laughs> right, They'd be like, right. I'll be like, so I was be like, shut up and take your clothes right, off, you know. Right. And um, I ran a, a room, Worlds Collide, on um, Flatbush Avenue, okay. and Tracy, Ian Edwards, uh, Will, uh-huh. um, Wyatt, the one man, Wyatt, wow, uh, the one man, right. Uh, they all used to come down to my room. Did I? I never did. I no, no. I don't know. I don't think what you were year, doing what it. Year, what 92? Year was were you doing it? I started in 92, yeah. so no, I, was, so I was, was still upstate. Yeah, it was still, you know, it was real, real fresh. And I wanted to do comedy. I just didn't think anybody would take me serious. Right. And I did a lot of things, too. To not do comedy, right? Like, uh, like I ran a clothing line, fear. And yeah, fear. Fear. yeah, yeah, and I didn't think anybody would take me seriously. But I remember, you know, Tracy was like, I remember Tracy not having milk money uh-huh. for the kids uh-huh. when he was over at, um, on Navy Walk over the projects uh-huh. over there, uh, uh, yeah. and he was yo, can I yo, yo, oh shit, yo, can I? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Um, here's a dude. I don't know if you remember this dude. It still makes me laugh today. Uh, do you remember the toothless lover? Toothless, the tooth, the whole tooth, and nothing but the tooth. Of course, I remember so, toothless. He lives somewhere. Is he Mark, still No, I don't. I don't. Mark ran into him. Uh, Tracy and it's funny. Like things yeah. on full circle. They were on the road somewhere, and he was like, "Yo, I just ran into uh, toothless." Uh, I was like, "Word!" I said, like, "Oh, that's you yeah." Still have a tooth? No, I got it. Yeah, even that. I know. I know. I was just more like blown away. Like how y'all in? Yeah. Like somewhere that you wouldn't expect to come to be. It's funny because he came. Mike, I paid Mike Yard his first. Comedy money ever. Oh wow! So wow. he came down with Toothless. Okay. 
And he was like, yo, this is my man. And I was like, all right, go, go up. And right. I think I gave him like $35. Right. Like it was on some impromptu. It was funny. Too. And yeah. then and Mike was like, oh, I could do this and make money? Yeah. That's... And Mike, that's Michael telling the story. Yo, son, yo, I, 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 I can make money and not have to punch a clock? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike Mike started doing comedy. He was Dig from it. that. Wow, and he funny. always, you know, gives me props for oh, that's what's being up. the first dude to give him money and stuff like that. But, yeah, the... um. But in the inception of that, I, like you talk about the mimicking, I, you know, we were, Patrice and I were really, really close. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, it's, it's a weird thing because after Patrice passed, mm-hmm. everybody has a, there's a friend off. Everybody's ah, a friend off funny. about who was, who was close with him and right. stuff. But, you know, that's... I think I'm guilty of that, too, because I, I think, if, you know, when, when somebody passes away... Uh, you know, then every because I remember when Patrice died. I remember like seeing, hearing people and people posting yeah. and like, "Yo, my man!" And I was like, wow, wow. "Yeah, but yeah, but see, you were you were in that it, yeah, it was in that circle. You know, you Harris, you know me, uh, Ian yeah. was close. But there's a lot of dudes that was claiming that set that really yeah, wasn't. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you know, the thing is, you were there, so you know. The well, that's that's why I was. I guess because I'm, I'm thinking of one person in particular. But I also because that person was on the West Coast, uh-huh. I was like, well, you, I, I had to resolve to myself and say, you know what. Patrice, when Patrice was out there, you don't know who yeah. he was hanging with because he yeah. wasn't always with Kev. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? So, yeah. I, so I had to, I had to take yeah, myself out of the equation and say, yeah, you know, yeah. he going out with real cats. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. He, he definitely, but he definitely. I mean, everybody when he passed, everybody was the friend off about yeah, who was closer yeah. to him, right? And it was like, <laughs> but we, you know, we, and I don't mean like, well, we did, this, but like. Uh, you know, his first pair of gators, we went to my spot mm. when he when he started wearing hats. Rocking the hats, I, right. We took I took him over to the Jew, the Jews, uh the Hasidic Jews to cut the hats down oh, and change the bands. Oh, wow. and, and we was but he was really like an alpha dude, mm-hmm. like where we would hang out for like five or six hours and then just look at each other and like, mm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Alright, I'm gonna go now. <laughs> and so would he sometimes just leave? <laughs> yeah, well, because the trees are the type that you just there yeah. and you're like, where'd he go? And you're like, yeah. oh, that's it. Well, we would be together, right. be together, and right. then he would just, we would just both kind of like, it's time, it's enough time. of you. Right. <laughs> so. Hey, we're acting like we're, we're in a gay relationship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, but he, uh, that Nothing is anything wrong. No, right, we right, live in that yeah, era right, now right, where right, you right. say the word, people right. like, oh, is he, is he trying to say, no, yeah. I'm not. Stop trying to so. find. A conflict when there isn't one. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that that was, and I remember when I first saw him, mm-hmm. I, people didn't get it. Mm-hmm. I don't think people got it. Mm-hmm. Like, so I started comedy really late. Right. And I was a fan. Like, I was a dude who watched. Like, as a kid, like they, we used to have. A, we in my house. We used to be a whole high five with tubes. Oh wow. And I was to sneak home early from Catholic school and play Richard Pryor and Red Fox uh-huh. and Mom's Mabel records. Right, right, right. And then I'd stay up and sneak upstairs and watch Johnny Carson. So I mean, right. like I, I watched like Gary Mule Deer and wow, like that. And wow, like, you just yeah. wow. For those of you that don't know, like he just okay. This this is what this is what I get off on because because I'm such a fan of comedy. Yeah. When, if if you if you don't know who Gary Mule Deer is, go do your research because that cat was funny. funny that dude, dude comedy store like like yeah. legend. Yeah. Um, wow, Gary Mule Deer, yeah. dude, that just <laughs> that just yeah. took me back. Yeah. So hold up, and and so I since we're back there, 
let's let's start at the beginning. So you're born born and raised in Brooklyn. Brooklyn cat, yeah. yeah. Brooklyn Catholic school. Yeah, Catholic school. I, well, I went to Brooklyn Tech for okay, uh, fire okay. school. Oh, so then you I'm smart. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> um, uh, but I went to Brooklyn Tech. I got stabbed in Brooklyn Tech. Oh, okay. In the bathroom because Westinghouse, which was the uh-huh. Kind of like the rival school. They used to sneak in the school and the dude tried to take my watch and I wouldn't let him take it. Uh-huh. He got stabbed in my arm. Were you fly back then? Like, were you, were you, because like you just said, you, you brought Patrice to get his first pair of gators. Were you um, flamboyant? I, you know, I, it's funny. I look at like eighth grade mm-hmm. pictures. Uh-huh. I'll show them to you later. And it, it's like, I had a pair I had cow, like lizard cowboy boots. Oh wow! Okay. Then, and like a knit, you know, remember the knit ties? I remember the those square ones, yeah. bottom. Yeah. I would have and a blazer and um, a crop shirt. Yeah, like so, yeah, I was. Yeah, you were flint. I was doing it, and then college, I was way out there, yeah. you know. And then the the stripping thing just kind of really, like I would be in the street in Brooklyn uh-huh. with a full body lycra bodysuit. <laughs> Like, like, like a like a like uh, like sting like you right, know sting. Right, right. I'd be in the street with it, right. and it would be airbrushed uh-huh. with naked bodies, women's bodies. Right. Like I was, oh, I was off the hook. So how did that? So taking uh, your mom's with us, or, or she, she she passed? Okay, she passed. She passed oh. I thought so. So how did your mother, God bless? How did your mom feel that her son, who went to Brooklyn oh. Tech and then also Catholic school? He's rocking lycra. How at, at, how old are you in the lycra? Probably twenty. Okay, so 20, taking twenty one, twenty two. So taking like it back further when you were a kid, but you were flamboyant in eighth grade. Yeah, so, so she was just exhausted. She kind of she kind of <laughs> just said, "That's Dante. Yeah, That's what he does." Ex- she was just exhausted. I'm just accept him for yeah. who he is. And it wasn't like she could not. And my pops, my pops ran basketball tournaments. Okay, yeah, so. He he. They actually named a street after him over on okay. uh, on Ebbets Field. Okay. Ebbets Field is Reginald Nero Walk or Way oh, or whatever. Wow. And they named the park after him. This is the uh. Side oh, was that? So he was always a wild, you know, like a dude. Like he was the the Brooklyn goat. You know, okay. the, the goat up in Harlem. Yeah, yeah. Goat man, goat. Yeah. Yeah. So he was the Brooklyn dude, and even mm-hmm. there used to be a uh, Bedford Bowl, mm-hmm. which was a bowling alley, and they had my father's picture was all oh, wow. next to Mandela's. The like it was Mandela, so Muhammad Ali, big my, things. Yeah, yeah. So he <laughs> was a Brooklyn legend, and I, I, um, you know, you grow up in that. And I just was never, it, like, you just living in that shadow. Right, right. Like, I remember as a kid, my pops would introduce me to people, the same people three and four times, and mm-hmm. they would just, oh, I met your son before, right? right. Yeah, I think I met you. Because his personality was just so big. Right. They couldn't see anything else. But right, him. right, right, right. And, uh... And so, but he, uh, it also says something about him because he wanted to make sure people knew you. Sure, sure. Well, I absolutely like, yeah. did not get robbed. Right, right. Like, I remember dudes coming in at elementary school... Uh-huh. Where dudes came in to rob people and they were like, Ain't you Nero's son? And they were like, Oh, you can go. Like, <laughs> like it sucks for your friends. Well, I was like, Can I let my man come too? And he was like, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, that's hilarious. But uh, yeah, it was uh, so going under that was a thing, you know, it was kind of that living in that shadow, yeah, trying yeah. to break out of that shadow. Right. And then and I went, went away to college at uh, SUNY New Pauls. New Pauls. Yeah. And I spent some time with Pledge Q. Okay. And, uh, I never knew you were Q. No? I never knew that. Yeah. I'm, did you, you have a brand? Yeah, yeah. 
You know what? Because you have so many yeah, the tats, tats and stuff. I never noticed yeah. uh, noticed your uh, your key weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, pledge Q, uh, and uh, just and even in New Pulse, my like my father was such a legend. Basketball dudes knew, knew my pops. Wow, from up there, like I would see his shirts from his tournaments and stuff oh, up dude, there, and I wouldn't even tell him uh-huh. who you know that I was my pop. Once in a while, but mostly just kind of. Get my own. Right, you do. You want. You want your own lane. Yeah. But then I'm sure people were like, "Wait, why you ain't tell us? Yeah, you know, yeah, so you ain't yeah, tell us. Yeah. You know." But, but yeah, I totally could understand. That. And then it did the so it was a queue, and they did a they did a uh, like a Toys for Tots male review with all the female deltas and sigmas and mm-hmm. zetas and AKs and all of them, and mm-hmm. they the and the male fraternity strip for them. Uh-huh. And uh, and you're cute, so you're brolic. Yeah, I, mean, I was you... I was playing rugby and football okay. and shit. Oh, wow. And uh, I actually went there on a fencing scholarship. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, my pops knew so many dudes, and he worked for the parks department. That's how he did the tournament. And there was a dude, uh, Cottrell Jones, this dude who actually was supposed to go to the Olympics in the seventies, maybe yeah, maybe seventies. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he popped his Achilles heel, didn't go. <sighs> took a job with the parks department, and he taught inner city kids okay. fencing and I went I was probably about 11 12 oh yeah yeah, yeah. Well, my, she, my wife is always is always on some here get a fencing scholarship because mm-hmm. you're not gonna they're not yeah. a lot of black people yeah, black, yeah, black yeah. kids what's, that are gonna what's what, what weapon what weapon should they? I don't know that stuff the, Dude, is it have the little disc or the, the, the I think it's no it's the little disc okay so foil oh, foil. foil yeah, yeah. yeah. there you well. go <laughs> but because so, she's long yeah yeah so yeah. like use that to your advantage yeah it's um so I I got a partial scholarship okay New Pulse and uh what'd you uh major in I was a genetic engineer and oh, wow. uh, with a minor in psychology. Did you have and at this point? Um, you know, obviously you you'd watched and you you'd listened to, uh, uh, you know, Moms Mabley and Red Fox yeah, yeah. records, and you're watching this. Sure, sure. Did you have the itch at all for yeah, performing? Yeah, I was always writing. Okay, I had a book. Okay, I was always writing. Mm-hmm. Just never. I just had to go about never it. pull the trigger. Right, right. And then um Which I think a lot of comics go through because yeah. I think the hardest thing for a comedian in comparison to a singer or an actor is you don't if if you if if you say, Yeah, I think I wanna act, you can go audition for a play. Right. We're gonna sing, you can audition to right. sing in the chorus or or, you know, go there are open mics to sing. Back in the day, you know, comedy wasn't as prevalent as it is yeah, now. Sure, sure. And, and so it was a lot harder to You didn't find know how to get there. They didn't yeah. even have bringing shows. Right, right. That, that wasn't right, even a yeah. thing. I think bringing shows are probably a product of the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Uh maybe even two thousand closer to two thousand. Closer to two thousand, yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so I didn't you know I uh, I started I was working with emotionally disturbed kids for years. I was up at Catskills when Mike Tyson was up there. Up oh, the wow. State Division for Youth mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And I I really got burnt out. Mm-hmm. I really wasn't ready. I wasn't old enough. Okay. To do that work. Because you just said with Tyson, I'm like, yeah, we were like the same. Yeah, I was a couple years older than him, but I probably shouldn't have been there. You know. Um, but uh, did you interact with Mike? No, no. Okay. I just knew he was there, right, he was there. And, and and I just really knew after he started blowing up, you right? Know? Um, and then uh, I burnt out mm-hmm. with that. 
I was then I I left the genetic engineering thing and I was going full psychology degree and then I burnt out and I dropped out of school. Oh, home. home. And I was just uh you know cuz the system is set is cyclical in mm-hmm. a way that is to keep these kids in the system. Yeah. You know cuz yeah. there's jobs, there's money. Yeah. There's money in So um, I burnt out for like 6 months mm-hmm. and then uh Actually, was uh, in the barber shop, mm-hmm. and one, Brooklyn, yeah, right over here on Franklin Avenue. Okay. And one of my boys, who I knew was stripping, mm-hmm. walked by, and I jumped out of the chair. Yo, I want to get down, and he was like, "All right, come tonight." I was like, Whoa, wait, "Oh wait, wow, wait a minute, <laughs> <laughs> try by fire, damn!" And um, and I started doing it. I started mm-hmm. stripping from there, and uh, so you just so almost fatefully, you see a man yeah. walking by. You in the back of your mind, you would had you been thinking, yo, I'm well, in good shape. And I like, had done it for uh, as a fraternal, right, up, right. And I and I was I had I even had cards already, like I was gonna do it up in school to make money. Oh wow! And uh, never really got around to you know pushing it out there. Like, so similar to comedy, it's hard yeah. to figure out how yeah. to get on. How do you get yeah, your first navigate stripping gig? That's and funny. then he he. Had a couple spots down in the Wall Street area that we mm-hmm. were doing, and I started doing there, and then that it just kind of it blew up from there. Right. So give me this is early to mid nineties. Got to be eighty nine, eighty nine, ninety like that. Okay, so, okay. And then I was always, and then I started. Um, I would have comics like Mike Epps and those dudes would open for the shows. Right, right, right. I would have them open up, and then they would whatever, and then I would produce comedy. Okay. Uh. At, in different lines, like have Def Jam comes to Brooklyn, and I would have. Well, it's funny you say that because now that you're saying saying this, it, it's almost like a sensory memory. It's reminding me of I remember around the mid '90s, like '95, '96. Mm. I remember there were a lot of there was there was a brother. He was old. His name was like Chocolate, or, or he was dark skinned dude, bald, always smiling, real nice yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, but Bajan. From Barbados, he looked like he, he yeah. could have been. Yeah, that was I raised that dude. Yeah, dude, yeah. and 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 I remember just a lot of shows that would it hear these weird yeah, enter these reviews where it was like a comedy show, but then there's a stripper at the yeah, end, yeah, and you're yeah, like, yeah. and and the strippers were on like the strippers were a big deal. Yeah, yeah, on the yeah. fly, oh, like huge. it was you'd yeah. see like five strippers you and men of a, 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 a comic in yeah, the corner, in a circle, of, of, in a circle. Was, yeah. But it, the, you, the '90s, you couldn't have a party without a male and a female right, stripper. That right. was a state. That was a staple. Even yeah. if it was a regular party, you had a female and a male stripper. Because Capone, as a now that I did, Capone used to, did he strip? No. I remember he stripped comedically when when we used to do stuff at uh, at Monty's crib, mm. the National Black Theater. Right. And Capone, it was it was weird. It was Capone, and then a, a real fat dude. Zumba. And then the overweight lover. And then a skinny stripper chick and yeah. then a a a, a fatter stripper chick. Yeah. And he'd go on and they'd all do something and then he and he would do his jokes, but they were on stage. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> well, it's funny because uh when uh Uptown Comedy Club uh-huh. was on Fifth Avenue, mm-hmm. right around from the I was so I was cool with Dre, okay. Andre, right. Ice, and uh, Kev, and those. And then I was uh, I was taking martial arts with them. Okay. And they were doing full contact stuff. And mm-hmm. then I started then I started training martial arts with Moses Powell. Oh wow! Which and uh, that was like my other dad. And Do then you I, researched Moses Powell, big big things. Yeah, the one first black dude ever 
uh, admitted to the Japanese Hall of Fame, mm. Martial Arts Hall of Fame. And uh, and then I started, I was doing bare knuckle fighting. Like okay. I would do for money, just like, I had a lot. Was I was underground? Yeah. Was underground. Yeah, like, so I was afraid of everything. Mm-hmm. Like, my father was really overprotective, and I was afraid of everything. And so the way that I, so there was a period of time where I, I looked at fear. Okay, so fear is when the opportunity is presented to you and how long it takes you to access the opportunity. Mm, mm. And the longer you take to access it, the more the fear builds until you're paralyzed and you can't do it. Right. And so I was, yo, you want to fight? Just, yeah, let's do it. And mm. I, I got, that's how I got over my fear. Mm, mm, mm. And I really practiced that until the fear was kind of eliminated. Mm. Like where I didn't have, where it was a little nuts. Like I was a little, like, <laughs> so, you know, I would, you know, I would, I would, I would go to somebody's jaw real quick. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like, yo, what's wrong with this dude? You know? <laughs> but to be honest, dudes would be real slick with their mouth. Uh-huh. You know, so you know when you whenever you have that banter back and forth, it's usually what you realize when you really start looking at the psychology of what people are trying to do is they're trying to gain enough uh, bravery to do something. Right. Or they're hoping that it that that, you, that that the person they're challenging backs down. Right. Or there's yeah. a way to, right. to to and um but that fear was always a thing for me. So a dude would be like, yo, who the fuck you think you are? And I bong and I would go and they'd be like, yo, what's wrong with this dude? But I really was afraid. Yeah. You know, it came from fear right, initially. Right. And it was just but I got to be known as as this like <laughs> this dude <laughs> Yo, you think <said, laughs> Yo man, why you do that? <laughs> and um and I was a pretty big dude and and you know I've been training. I like that you said was like you Yo, right, you like I'm smaller now, right? Sport. I'm bigger now than ever. <laughs> and uh and so I was, you know, it was uh you know, it was a little crazy. A little crazy. And uh and that's it's funny because Mark, your man Mark, uh-huh. Theobald his cousin right. used to uh, Lance a lot. Lance a lot. And right. I remember knocking a dude out at South Oxford Tennis Club uh-huh. with him there. Uh-huh. Like Lance and Mark were there, like the dude just and then I then you, you get to this point where you feel like what's you know something's wrong with me. Right. And you try to pull back. But I realized that I would like I would start blocking the fights out. Mm-hmm. So like I'd run into dudes where they would go, yo, let me ask you something. How many Confirm street knockouts you got, and I would be like three, like, and then they would be like, I would say this one, this one, this one, and they'd be like, okay, and they'd be like, well, you named three that I was, I was at five of them, <laughs> <laughs> and you just named them, so we starting at right, eight, right, right, and you just want to change and just not be like, because you could, you get into that mode mm-hmm. where it's just, you know. You're just that you become that dude, right? You know, you right. actually become that dude, right? Would you say you become that because you you become sort of comfortable? Oh, in it's it? easy. Yeah, it's and easy. it's very, I would imagine, intoxicating as well. Oh yeah, because oh, yeah. there's power in that. There's oh, sure. power in having sure. people. Is it better to be loved or feared? And if everyone on the street is afraid of you because you don't even recall how many people you done knocked right, out. Right, right, right. And and I was a good dude. Listen. I was a good dude, but right. but you had dudes who were real reckless. Right, you know, dudes are reckless, and I think people are just reckless with them. 
out because yeah. they're yapping and talking and they don't think that there's consequences. Right. So it's, right. you know, every, no, it, not, it takes, if you're not a gambler, you don't pay $500 blackjack tables. Right, right. You, you, you got to be a gambler. You play $5. Right, tables. right. So you want to you wanna play the slots. $20 and you're like, all right. Yeah, yeah but if right. you, but when you put those stakes up, right, right. dudes don't really want it like right. that. Right. So when it, so... And it was, you know, we're talking about the, the, you know, the thing about black comedy and 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 stripping and all of that was the inmates run the asylum. Yeah. So many a time you go, I mean, you know that even with comedy, you go do a gig. Yo, we didn't really make what we yeah, supposed to. Yeah, yeah, which really ain't got nothing to do with. It ain't got nothing to do. I did the same jokes right. no matter what. You weren't going to give me a bonus, right? Exactly. Right. And so I would get that where dudes would be like, "Yo, we didn't bong," and I'm yeah, okay. <laughs> Now we gonna clean all of this up. So, um, uh, and then uh, I would think so. Uh, ten years of that, right? So from late eighties to early nineties, yeah, or to late nineties, like that. And, uh, when, and then, what finally gets you? What 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 scares you so much that you finally say I have to get on the stage based on what you how you just laid out you getting okay. motivated to do something so I I believe that it was I was trying to find excuses mm-hmm. so I, I started working with the phone company okay and I had a because I did that some chick that I was smashing mm-hmm. she had a hook up with the phone company and I needed a dental plan there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong nothing worse than having a toothache you're right and you can't and uh, she she put me in, and I and I was like, all right, and uh, and then I so I started a clothing line. Mm-hmm. Guy, a guy who worked with me at the phone company, we started a clothing line. Mm-hmm. Clothing line was called Dante Rogus. It was me, Ron, and Gus, okay. <laughs> and we did we were doing sounds pretty, French, yeah, yeah, right, Rogus. And we were we were um, we were doing actually pretty good. We were getting uh, placement in some music videos and okay. stuff like that. And what's uh, the biggest video? Anyone we know? Uh hmm, was uh we had a Teddy we had some of our stuff in a Teddy Riley okay. video, yeah. Like a black street. Yeah, joint. yeah. Okay. Uh and then uh what happened was the guy who worked with me in the phone company actually saw me knock a dude out. Mm-hmm. At a at a strip show, mm-hmm. and you don't really realize how that affects people like until you <laughs> until it happens. Yeah, and and then you know when you I'm sorry when you knock somebody out at a strip club, are you in a G street or you, yeah? A lot you, of times <laughs> I be butt ass naked. I'm in a G street usually because I dance barefoot, so I be barefoot. <laughs> stomp I stomp dudes barefoot like <laughs> you know. Y'all just laughing because. You never get if you the dude that just got stopped oh, down go by home. a stripper. You can't go home. I don't care that person to this day. Yeah, yeah. his boy is still like they still Yo, talking. Son, remember you got yeah, you got knocked down by that they man. Stomped you with dude. his bare feet. <laughs> stomped <laughs> you with his size thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> so it was uh, but he we did. So what happened was he I believe he he saw me knocked and we we started a business together mm. and it felt like he was just giving me opposition. Trying not to make let me run over him, right? And so he was Is just this like, Roe or Gus. This was Roe, okay. Roe, <laughs> and uh, he was just really like giving me a hard time for not. And I'm like, we're in business. I'm not really right. trying to trip. And then it was just, 
it just got annoying. It escalated. And I was like, and I'm like, I'm really just doing this so I don't do comedy anyway. Okay. And I called him up and I was like, look, you can have a business, whatever, the, 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 the merchandise that we have left, you can keep it, right. take the name, whatever, whatever you want me to sign them, you can have it. I'm, and I quit. And then the next day, I went to New York Comedy Club. Yeah. Oh, okay. And I started, I took a class with Chris Murphy. With Chris Murphy. Yeah. With the, lo- with the long hair. Yeah. And, uh, Good dude. And that was how I started. Oh, I started, wow. I think, a year. Or two. Oh, so I was, it was somebody, um, God, I'm trying to think of, uh, Kurt Metzger's ex-girlfriend. Oh, um, Jessica. Jessica. Yeah. Delfino. She, Delfino. she was like, you really need to meet Patrice. Uh-huh. Because you y'all are him and a lot alike, mm-hmm. and you should you should meet. And I was like, I'm like, fuck him. I'm, he should need to meet me, right? right? And um, she was like, no. She goes, he's. I go. She goes, he's a. You know, because Patrice used to get on a lot of his. She was like, he he's he's very funny. But his heart pumps a oil, black oily substance, ah, not unlike oil, right? Ah, <laughs> and uh, that's funny. and I remember meeting him at the Boston, uh-huh. and uh, and we just hit it off. Did she introduce y'all, or you? Just, no, I just I, he was there. It was a big dude there, right? right. And uh, he was uh, he was uh, Laura Lipschitz, Laura Lipschitz yeah. sitting in the back with him, and his her arm, his arm was around her, and he was like. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we just hit it off. Right, 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 right. And then uh, do you just walk up? Hey, man, is your name Patrice? You know, and we would all be standing. Yo, okay, you, cipher and, and it, yeah, you know, we okay. was cool, and we was cool. And then we kind of talked. We exchanged numbers, mm-hmm. and and uh, I called him, and I remember saying to him, "Yeah, a lot of people said to me that I sh- that you're a horrible person, that I shouldn't." Mm-hmm talk to you and he was like oh word he laughed and then then he hung up and then he called me back and he was like yo let me ask why did you why did you Mm -hmm. I was like because I ain't scared of you (laughs) like what you know I don't let other people make my decisions and that was and that was how we started being friends which was that that right there for for anybody that's not that's not just comedy but it's real talk like you you shouldn't let don't ever judge someone that you meet based on someone else's experience with them, man. You have to you have to get to know yeah, them yourself. Yeah, because you don't know what to, and no. you don't know who they are. And you know, I met you remember when I met you? I remember here's what's funny. I remember I don't remember you being necessarily new. I just remember you being around like uh-huh. Boston and yeah, then yeah. we used to see you at Crunch. When, yeah, when yeah, it was yeah. still Park Slope. Yeah, but that was early. You know, but that was maybe a year. Here's what I meant. I later. met you. Guess Chris Murphy introduced me. Say word. He was like, you Dean that was very funny dude, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. And, and that was that was where we oh, met. That's right what's at, up. New, at New, at York, New York, York. It had to be at New, at New York. York you never saw Chris. Yeah, you saw yeah, him yeah. there and I don't even know if Broadway is No, it wasn't even open yet. wasn't even open And so... Yeah, that's how I met you. There. Oh, that's funny. Was and it a, was it a Seymour night or was it just a regular night? Probably a regular night. Okay, probably a regular okay. night. And uh, and and then just you know, I him and I we we got really cool, mm-hmm. and then like relationship stuff, and we kind of were like minded because I had you know I ran an escort service. Yeah. I understood attraction because if you don't you don't get to, you don't make money as a stripper right. if you don't understand the dynamics of attraction. Right. Well also you you were you were a psych minor. Sure, so, sure, sure. So like as you said that to me that informed 
me, you know, balance because I was like, well, Dante understands the human experience, as most comics yeah, yeah. do, yeah, because yeah. you have to have your antenna open sure. uh, and more aware than the average person. But once you said that, I was like, oh, now it all makes sense. Yes. And then bouncing, you got to be a psychiatrist because right, right. you, like, if you're bouncing at a club, and I did that for years all over, all over the city. You know when the guy comes in, you, you know he's going to be a problem. Yeah, you yeah, get yeah. so it's it's interesting. Like I get into a lot of trouble because I say all women are alike, but they are, mm-hmm. <laughs> and so are all men. Right, right. Like people are alike. We do like minded things. That's why there's such thing as behavioral psychology. Right. So everybody that thinks they're so unique and different, right. just you're not. Right. I mean, you there are some people that are really different, but mm. not but but we know those people. They're right. they're legendary, like Bruce Lee, like Muhammad Ali, right. like Michael Jordan, like right. those people are right. you know, on another level. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you gotta understand that. And then I had and such all the people you just met, mentioned also there's a there's a uh, there's a, they all have an innate discipline Yes. In regards to whatever their their whatever their was. genre is yeah. or whatever, yeah, yeah. it's their their in depth the, their commi- immersed. Their, their commitment is is their immersion into whatever it's it is deep that they do. Yeah, I mean, when you listen to you listen to and 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 here's the, even an interesting thing about that. Philosophically, they're all the same. Mm-hmm. Like they all come up with the same ideas. Yeah. When you listen to Bruce Lee do interviews, yeah. like oh, you're like yo, this. Chills, you yeah. get chills from yeah, it. I do. So, um, that was, um, you know, that understanding that the dynamic of that, and then and immersing myself in it, um, and then, you know, Patrice and I was we were always talking about the mm-hmm. whole relationship dynamic right. thing, and, right. and that's when we ended up doing Opie and Anthony Black right. Phillips show, and right. that became like this cult following. And but uh, but watching him evolve. Mm-hmm was really, like, amazing to me. Like, because mm-hmm. I remember when he was just doing bits. Mm-hmm. Um, and when he transitioned to this kind of loose form. And, um, but he was a horrible teacher. Mm-hmm. Just horrendous. In, 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 uh, <laughs> te- in, in what way? Like, teach, te- teacher to you? Or yes, to a, anybody okay. else. Like, okay. he, he was, it was almost like his brain was moving faster than he could understand. And so for him to explain something, right. he, didn't, he sucked right. at explaining it. Right. And so a lot of the things that he would say to me when I was first, I mean, two, three years in comedy, mm-hmm. I wouldn't get it until 10 years later. Oh, wow. So, and, that, and I would already be doing it or mm-hmm. getting close to those things. So, like for instance, uh, he said, uh, one time he said to me, I'm trying to forget my jokes. He said that. He said, I'm trying to forget my jokes. And I, I had no idea what what that meant. But what's interesting about that is there is... And you... you I mean, it's, it's so cool talking because I know you're mm-hmm. right up your alley. The uh, So when you're doing a new bit, mm-hmm. the moment the bit comes together, mm-hmm. there is a freshness and a uniqueness mm-hmm. in that moment that the audience, almost esoterically, the audience gets that your your elation about it coming together. Right. And there's a and and your elation and their elation about the laughter and stuff, it happens in that moment. Right. And then once it happens in that moment, it never happens yeah, again. Yeah. Right? It's um, like losing your virginity. You right. only lose it first. You only lose it once. Yeah. So there's a freshness of that mm-hmm. that and every time you do that joke, it loses its freshness. Right. And so what we're trying to do is we're trying to 
we're trying to we're get not trying, back. We're doing right. We're right. We're doing that again, and we're creating that. Right. But it's not. It doesn't have the freshness. Right. So if you, if the joke is loose, mm-hmm. if it doesn't, if you 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 have a looseness of the structure of the joke, mm-hmm. where. Um, you you know you have this line and that tag and this tag and this and you squeeze sometimes don't do that tag mm-hmm. sometimes change that sometimes take something because then it starts to have that freshness again right, right. because it's happening in real time right. and um there's plenty of comics who are very very um rehearsed mm-hmm. and polished and technical mm-hmm. and they've even found a way to make that newness seem like it's happening. Right. The good actors. But the real, the real, the thing that would, would like when you look at Patrice, where he would, re- is because it was fresh for right. him. Right. He had no idea what he was going to say. Right. And so you have no idea what he's going right. to say. And when it all comes together. Right. And then you become so proficient about it that you, that it comes together and then you have that newness mm-hmm. like you did the first time. And if right. you keep it loose and, Fluid, you can have that lo- that looseness. The other thing is, I think you, we manipulate the audience into a, a into laughter, mm-hmm. but the audience programs us and manipulates us into a rhythm, mm-hmm. and that rhythm becomes pervasive, and so it becomes Pavlovian, where because we do this and get the laugh, mm-hmm. we write like that. We do that. We right. make those noises, those pauses. They right. all become, it becomes almost repetition. Right. And then um, we're, we're in that rhythm. Now, there's guys who stay in that rhythm and they're famous. Mm-hmm. But that next level of, that artism, that next level of comedy where it's, where you don't have a rhythm, mm-hmm. where the pattern is not, you can't because... The pattern is dun 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 dun. dun. Right, right. So even if the audience doesn't know the punchline, they know the they, punchline is coming expected, because expected, of the rhythm. Right. They get a feel of the rhythm. The only person that I've ever seen that doesn't really have that mm-hmm. is David Tell, because mm-hmm. David Tell is—I just call him like the Allen Iverson of, of <laughs> comedy right. because he's crossing you over. Yeah. Constantly. And you know you getting crossed over. Right. Now you could D up, right? And you may get the first one, right. but like Jordan, you'll get but hit with going, another you're one. Going, you're going, your ankle's going. He's going to get hurt. he's yeah. shaking you yeah. because he's so deranged that his punchlines is so yeah. out of the out of the loop. Like you couldn't, you got to be in his head to right. know where it's coming right. from. Right. So even though the rhythm is there, it's like he's, right. he's crossing you right. over. <laughs> and if you get the first one, he's gonna cross you again. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, um, that, so the first thing is kind of, for, you know, I would say as a young comic, you got to learn how to be funny mm-hmm. with your rhythm. Right. You learn your rhythm. Right. Then you spend the next part of your career deconstructing the right. rhythm. Right. So that it's, it's fluid and it's mm-hmm. loose and it's... Be like water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like with Bruce, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, uh, and, and when you get that, it's, you'll see a dude... You'll see a comic will just everything they do is at another level of laughter. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's magical for the audience because they can't see it coming. And because it's magical for for he or she. Right, he's on still, stage. right, yeah. right, right. Because yeah. it's that 
that sharing moment, that yeah. that that moment where we're in it together. It's connection. Yeah. It's it's, it's yeah. uh I I um putting my using myself as an example because I think you you constantly on the road towards enlightenment in whatever you're doing. Right. You should you should constantly challenge yourself and sure. not get comfortable and complacent. And so I just got back from um from uh, from Minneapolis. Right. I was at Acme. And I think because it's funny, anytime I see something, anytime I'm inspired mm. and specifically, you know, I, I can get inspiration from pretty much anything in the sure. world, creative, but specifically comedians mm. and or musicians or, or entertainers. Right. I'm always watching and study. I'm, I'm a student. So yeah, I'm yeah. constantly yeah. watching it. So um, funny you bring up Patrice's method, because I remember when when he did that and when he got comfortable when he went from walking audiences for sake of walking yeah. and then finding his way to still stick to his guns right. and his his uh his belief system um but at the same time saying you know what they they do they don't come here to walk out right. and I don't want people to necessarily right, walk out right. I want people to know what I'm saying is heavy right. but funny right and, and uh so Elvin in the room, I think, is 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 it's like the culmination is, is of that. The culmination of that, and I I just also was watching um, uh, the the Zen of Gary Shandler, yes. right? Yeah, and I think I found like I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. I I found that so heavy because I I've, I've been I keep a, a journal right. like I constantly, uh, and, but you get complacent, yeah. right? Whereas you used to. When you first started out, you were more disciplined. So when I started, I used to keep an audio journal. And then around 95, 96, I said, I'm going to start writing it. What kind right? of stuff would you put huh? in the journal? Any and everything. Yeah. I, I, can, I can tell you what I was doing. I used the Julian date calendar. As a matter of fact, I don't write, I don't write the dates in, mm. in my books. I, everything is numbered. And so today is, I think, like we're recording this. This is the hundred and I want to say like the hundred and sixty second day of of this calendar year. Uh-huh. So that's how I okay. date everything. So you can go back to like nineteen ninety six day hundred and seventy eight or whatever, uh-huh. and I can find wow. roughly around that date what I was what doing. So I would write that. I would write jokes. I, I rapped. So I write my rhymes. Mm-hmm. Had all my creative outlets in there, and. Then over time, you're like, I don't feel like, so you get complacent, you don't do it as much. Yeah. But also, the, the purpose of writing was to also clear the pipes to get creatively, it yeah. get it out, that way the real the real good stuff could come out of you, right? Well, no, knowledge is, is a burden. Yes. As you take it on, it's a burden, so yes. you have to get it off, so exactly. you teach it, exactly. and it gets a way of relieving that. Getting it off you. Yes. Like it, it gets heavy. Like, yeah. I gotta say this. Yeah. Get it off me. Exactly. You know? And so, um, so this last week, for an example, and, and there's there's a reason and method to my madness. Last week, when I when I got there, because I noticed, because um, uh, um, uh, Shandling was a Buddhist, so study constantly studying Buddhism. So yeah. I said, you know what, I'm gonna start. I say this stuff. I meditate. Right. I pray. I said I'm gonna start also writing in my books in bold, so that when I reread it. I zoom in on that. So I was writing, you know, I want to connect more with the audience and, and, and don't get so comfortable in the laughter. Be comfortable in the silence. Right, right, right. right. Get comfortable, find comfort in the silence yeah. because they're listening. If they're listening and sure. they're not heckling, that sure. means you are connected. Yeah. And so last week, 
um, Acme does Tuesday through Saturday. So I said, you know what? I have at least three nights that I don't have to worry about them flipping the room and getting ready for a 10.30 show. So, so I said, rock. So I just rocked. And, and so every night I went on stage, and this is going back to Patrice, um, I find for myself, when I say to myself, say to myself, look, this is my, I have this pile of mastered material, mm-hmm. right? I know this is going to work. I know I'm, right. I know I'm going to kill right. with, with this. Right. So in that case, you know what? Let me play around. With I'm going to play with the audience. Yeah. So when I go in the audience, every, every show last week, I just went and started talking. I just, you know, they, they give it up for right. know, credits and all that. And then I just look at a couple or mm-hmm. somebody sitting alone. And I, one night, Excuse me. There was a marine in the audience, <clears throat> and since I'm a I'm an army veteran, we started talking about the kneeling, and <clears throat> it also allows for a moment of humanity. Yeah, where I was able to say to him, I said, "Listen, I don't." His his point was he's he's his perception or belief was he doesn't like people not kneeling because he believes this is the one place where. As Americans, we all can find unity and we can all stand in solidarity. And so I said, you know what? I see your point and and I, I can go with that to an extent. That's just fake. But I don't agree with it because as a black male, I know a, a reality that you don't know. Right. I said, but I appreciate I said, I looked at everybody in the audience. I said, I appreciate him speaking mm-hmm. and I don't want anybody in here judging him. Because that's his that's, that's his truth, truth from his pers- perspective, right? right? right, right. Um, and then I'm able to say, you know, say about my joke feel. based on what I feel. But right. then, then it because we're in a caps lock uh, yeah. era where everyone is yelling. Yes. everyone is on Facebook, and if you say something contrary to how they believe, caps lock. Well, you don't yeah. hear. And that's I'm like, funny, yo, that's yo. Wait, it's funny because I've said this. I've I've taken on this idea that I will no longer have a debate. Mm-hmm. I will have a discussion. A discussion. But I will not have a debate. Right. Because a debate means you got your side, I got my side. And you, and nobody's going to change their opinion. Right. And that's, that's not the right. intention. If right. you're going to not do that, I don't need to waste my time and right. you don't need to waste your time. Right. But if we're actually trying to learn something and understand each other better, then there should be a discussion. Right. The other thing is, what I'll do is, I try to argue the my the opposite position okay. to mine. Well, you don't I, try, you just do. You, I, hear, you hear me constantly right, right, like, right. taking that trial. Do, do, right. do, yeah. yeah. And it's funny, I say that there's only doing, there's yeah, no, there yeah. is no trying. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I can, I will always, okay, what is this person thinking? Mm-hmm. What is their thought mm-hmm. process? What is it? And I want to really, I want to be better mm-hmm. because of it. I want to, I want to, because maybe I might be able to, you might have something that I don't, that I haven't thought about. Right, right, right. And and that makes me better right, because yeah. of it. If I'm not open to that, then I'm close to the growth of right. my own personal growth. And why would I do that? Right. Why would I ever not be open to growth? Um, it it you know, doing my podcast with dudes and relationships and stuff, I the three things I think that um that are pervasive in everything mm-hmm. that works in everything is is credibility. Mm-hmm. Um, truth and authenticity mm-hmm. and empathy. Mm-hmm. If you have those three things, right. 
everything works out. Right. Because I, I can see where your point is. I'm being authentic about myself. Right. The problem is people are so afraid of being them. They're afraid to be exposed mm-hmm. for something that they're, they're really not trying to be who they really are. Okay. They want to they <laughs> be perceived as something that they're not really because they don't want to do the work. Right. So, and I used to say, like, you get people when they're jealous mm-hmm. or they give you shade. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the reason behind it psychologically is I think I'm your equal. Mm-hmm. Right? But then... You you you're more successful than me. Mm-hmm. So there's only three ways that that there's only three answers for that. Mm-hmm. Number one, I ain't your equal. Mm-hmm. You're better than me, right? right? right, right. Uh, the second thing is I am your equal, but I'm not working as hard. Right. So that would so or somehow you cheated, <laughs> right, right, right? So it's always better to go. Oh, he must have cheated. He mm. he got a mm. he got the hookup, right. which doesn't it doesn't call me to action. Right. It 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 allows me to keep my insecurity and still be lazy in the context right. of what I do. Right. And so you when you peep, your success puts a mirror up to other people. Right. Right. And and that is scary for them. Right. And so they hate you. Because you're going, this is who you are not, right. or this is who you could be, whatever it is. And you, you, you that conflict in that mm-hmm. is a hatred because they don't want to work, mm-hmm. or they don't, or they don't want to admit to what it is, mm-hmm. and they don't even want to go down that. But I mean, because we're always trying to validate. Mm-hmm. So you, you have this ideal self is how you picture yourself, and this real self. Mm-hmm. And I've always been trying to make those two overlap right. so that you can't see one over the other. Right. And I mean, it's... A, it's You're making a, them overlap. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's, and it's you know, perfection is unattainable because as you move closer to perfection, it, it moves further, further away. away. Yeah. So you get closer to the Swiss cheese, you see more holes. Right. And so, but you still pursue the perfection because that, what else are you going to do? Right, right. Um, but you don't, but you forgive yourself for not being perfect. Right. But still pursue it with the still diligence pursue, right. of, 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 of trying to get there. Right, right. You know, and and you know, it's. I don't know if that's Zen, but that's why the Gary Shandling thing was. Well, it's it's, it's uh, you can. I mean, it can fall under numerous. Yeah. Er- you're you're constantly uh, seeking your truth, seeking uh, you know enlightenment, where yeah. where you you are working towards your best. The best self, first, best version, best of, version of you, yeah. and, and it's very easy to get comfortable. It's very easy to get comfortable, yeah. complacent, lazy. You know, it's constantly. Anytime I hear someone in the comedy world pissing on someone else's success, mm-hmm. I'm like, "Well, did you do everything mm-hmm. that?" No. And, we, and none yeah. of us do. Right. There, there are no. things that I that I know for myself. I could do more. I could sure. work harder, and sure. I'm working towards that. I'm working. You know, whether it's uh, committing to release a podcast every week when right. I'm when I'm on land or you right, know right, right, right. Uh, whether it's here I'm gonna do these these uh, these uh, Denzel uh, you know clips every week mm-hmm. just on some not even you hope people see them and are ent- entertained by it but also the discipline of it uh, for me comes in the sitting and editing I was I was I dropped one earlier today and. It you're recording three. I I recorded probably five six minutes and 
figuring out the puzzle of how do I make this six minutes into one funny minute right. of something yeah. and take, oh, this is funny though. Yeah, but okay, yeah. cut that. And clip that and put that at the yeah. end and then watch it again. Do you really need that? So it's yeah. it's, it's the, the, the practice. What's, assumpt- what's the assumption? Um, because audience are as smart as they are dumb. Right. They, right. they, they, they get it. Right. But they, but it, there needs to be a line. Yeah. To a get through it. line. A through line. So to if get you don't there. have a through line, right. they're not going to get it. Right. And they'll, and the things that you find this about young comics a lot mm-hmm. of times, they give you way more energy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, for instance, I, you know, we, we're talking about uh, Patrice's fiance, Vaughn, mm-hmm. and, you, you know, she's doing comedy yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And I was, and she kept, we, we were talking, and I mean, and she's doing great mm-hmm. in terms of pushing forward, but she kept wanting to say that she's a black woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, nobody don't think you're not a black woman. Right, right, right. You're, you're dealing with this own, your own light skin, mm-hmm. you know, people fucking with you. Mm-hmm. But nobody's looking at that fat booty and them hips and going, this is not a black woman. Right, right, you know right, what I mean? Right, right. And so you're, but you, you think it's necessary. Mm-hmm. And so you, and so a lot of things, and, and this is, you know, even, you know, you, I learned this, you know, Patrice sometimes wouldn't even say the punchline. Mm-hmm. Like he would set it up, and then so I used to say it was like like air hockey, mm-hmm. you know, when you put the quarters in and the air stuff, mm-hmm. and then you you slide the puck in, mm-hmm. and it's just going, going, right. going, uh, clunk, clunk, and it goes right. in the goal. Right. Once it's going on in the right direction, is this through line is so strong, right. you don't even have to do the punchline. Right, right, right. It just they get it, and then not doing the punchline. Makes the audience look at you like, oh, like he don't. You're not even gonna clarify right. this. Like you, you're so confident that right. you're not even gonna clarify right. it. Right. So, um, you know, you learn these little, these, these. You know, to, to be a student of it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I really just wanted to say. Some one of the things that I admired about you all the years I've been watching is impressionists. A lot of times, I always said this about impressionists that they don't. They don't talk about themselves properly. Mm. They're so into what the voice is and what it right. is and what it, that they, because they think those people are more important than them. Mm-hmm. And you're one of the few impressionists that dig into your own shit, basically. Right. You, <laughs> you dig shit. into your own and, and you don't see that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's almost like people, okay, how can I do this? Impression. Mm-hmm. I do this impression. I do this voice. How can I get there? Right. Which is the same thing you find young comics do when they're writing jokes. So, mm-hmm. like, if they see something and it's funny, mm-hmm. it's usually a phrase or a punchline that they right. get. Now they go. Now they go back and they go. Okay, how can I say that punchline? Right. How can I get to that? Right. Whereas if you, whereas now, I think what goes deeper is going. Man, that was funny. Why was that funny? Mm-hmm. Why did I think that was funny? Right. What about that is funny? What, did, what about me finds that funny? Right. And then go right. back to the feeling of what I think it is. Right. And then write a joke separate from what the punchline is mm-hmm. about the feeling. Right. Because then it comes from a real place. Right. And right. it's so individual in a sense that nobody else is talking about that. Because it, I went back to the feeling as opposed to the punchline. Right. And, every, and young comics will go, here's this is funny. How can I say this? 
Right, because they're still not they're still not adept or comfortable in their skin, and so sure. you know, and, and being on stage is is a scary place when it's when especially if you're up there alone, whether whether you're dancing, yeah. whether you were fighting, whether you're slinging these jokes, yeah. because until you're comfortable enough in your own skin yeah. to to bear it all, yeah. so you, 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 you gotta care. get to the point where yeah. you don't care because you you know <laughs> that 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 you that dude, right, you know, right, right. You, gotta, yeah. you know, and for you gotta me, trust it. Yeah, like for me, I I, I think you know um, I appreciate you you saying those things about me, but I think it's just I'm I'm comfortable comfortable enough in my skin, and I also have faith in. I'm I'm interesting, right? right, I, right. I know I'm interesting. Right, I know right. my story is interesting. Right. So the me doing an impression of of you know Lil Wayne mm. or, or Fifty or Denzel or whomever. Right. Look, I'ma get there. That I, I know y'all gonna enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. I, that's a yeah, guarantee. That's gonna but win. check this out. Yeah. I want you to get into my world. Right, right. Last week I, I had a whole I, I I left Minneapolis with like fifteen new minutes because mm. The first night I went out, I said, "You know what? I think I want to talk about uh, my my parents and discipline and and, and making us uh, if we lied, making us chew on a bar of ivory so, soap, right? Right. And, and committed to it every night. It was different, mm. different. And then by Friday, I kind of had structure yeah, and yeah. ideas of okay, I know this is gonna work, so I got to get here. But in the meantime, I can still. And, and by the time the final show. Actually, I didn't even the final show on Saturday. I did old material because I was like, "Yo, I ain't, I ain't talked about this so way. much material yeah. all week." Yeah, you lose it, and then it becomes fresh because I'm like, "Oh, yo, I didn't even do this." Yeah, and something happened in the audience that made me say, "Oh, I, I can talk yeah. about yeah this Nigerian I've, dude." I've had I've had other comics quote a punchline of mine, uh-huh. and I'll be like, "Yo, that's dope." Yeah, that's, that's yours. That's funny. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. And then I'm start thinking, but you know, my thing is, I don't have that. Like, I don't write mm-hmm. down. I don't write, and I really should write it down, even to archive it. So I have a yeah, fun. man. But, archive it, record it. Like I've been lately. I've, I've, you know, because we get lazy, you start yeah. making some money, and you're like, yeah. ah, and and yeah. but. All of the things that you did when you first started, those are the things. Those are the things that you should, you know, do. you should continue to do. Seinfeld yeah. still, because that's his process. He'll sit yeah. down like it's his, his day job. Yeah, yeah. At desk. yeah, we were talking and, about that. And writes it. So I'm like, all right, you know what? I may not sit for six, eight hours, but I can sit down daily and get something out, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah, jot yeah. down a couple of things and then then look at them and review them and, and do all those things that I used to do. Is it you, So you'll sit down and actually... I said, well, say for instance, this last week because, okay, so Tuesday I'm flying, so mm-hmm. I'm in the air at least two, three hours, so I can take... If I'm if I'm gonna watch a movie and they're gonna serve me food, I can take some time mm. after I say goodbye to my wife and yeah, family. Yeah. I can yeah. sit down with and my with my binder and yeah. jot something down. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not perfect. I'm not gonna sit here and, and lie and say that every every morning. But no, it's no. a process to get there. But I'm 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 getting better at it again. I'm trying to get back there, right? Because it, you know, trying to be so fluid. You ain't move. trying fluid. I'm every time I hear somebody say try the being fluid yeah uh, moved me away from 
the structure. Okay. And you need both. Yeah. And uh, it's balanced. Like, that's, I will that's ride. The in the game, I'll right? ride. Write a bit on the in the car mm-hmm. on the way to the like in my head, because what I find a lot of times when I'm writing, it don't never sound like me. Okay. So if I just kind of talk it out, mm-hmm. and then it sounds like me because I I remember <laughs> I remember writing this bit. We was at his by Patrice's barbecue, mm-hmm. and this dude, I walked in and Patrice was there was a gay dude there, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Oh, you like this big light skinned dude?" Blah, blah blah. He was like blowing me up, uh. and then they go, "That's not my style." He was like, "I don't like light skinned dudes," yeah. right? And then I went um, and uh, like moseyed over to the dude later, and we had a really good moseyed a good word. Yeah. <laughs> we had a conversation and I. And really, when I realized that I was really gaming him, uh-huh. like I was like gaming him, and then he was like, "We should, we should exchange numbers," and I was like, "No, you don't like light skin guys." <laughs> so, That's funny. so it's it's um, you know that the, there's uh, it there's some something about um, so it, it, even in in you know I do the one on one I do one on one consultations for my relate my podcast mm-hmm. page Philip Show I'm rebranding at Man School right, two hundred two saying when I did it but uh it, the it takes me a minute to two minutes to know what's going on mm-hmm. um two things that really is in- interesting that I think is really interesting is that people um there's two people people two ways that people perceive the world. Mm-hmm. There's people that look at the similarities and there's people that look at the differences. So you have, if you hold up two pencils, a person who looks at the similarities, they're both yellow, they're both heavy, they're made out of wood, they're, they're, they're. Right. and somebody who has the differences looks at the differences, well, that pencil is pointier and this one mm-hmm. eraser is right, small. Right. Um, so neither is better, it's just kind of a thing. Right. But you need to do both mm-hmm. because, so this is this the dude, I had a... The James Altucher, the, the Bitcoin dude. Okay. And his story is that he's he's made he's become a millionaire like two to three different times oh, and right. lost it all and then gained the millions again. And one of the reasons when I had him on, I could tell he's a dude who looks at those similarities. Mm-hmm. So the thing about looking at similarities is if there's a process in place, you get in the process and you you grind through. Bung, 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 and that's how he gets rich. Yeah. The problem was why he kept losing the money, because once you're rich, the nuance, what needs to change to keep the money, mm-hmm. is what he didn't have the ability to do, because oh, he just he just kept seeing the similarities. Right. And so, whereas with a comic, you'll see, we'll see comics who don't get, they get funnier, and then they don't get funnier, it's because then they're not able to see the nuance mm-hmm. The thing that takes it up, pop, you know, bam, right. pops it up another, right. another, another level. Right. Um, the problem with me being somebody who sees the differences is that when there is a system in place, mm-hmm. you want to scrap the system and create your own system, right. which is a waste of time when there's a system in place that's already already works. And so, so you 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 gotta kind of work from both sides of it, mm-hmm. so that you. You aren't you recognize when there's a system that is foolproof and, and in place, but understanding where the nuance changes and how to make it better. Right. And you, right. you gotta work on both ends. And a lot of times we the way we perceive the world is just the way we perceive the world and we're not working on those weaknesses. Right, right. That's that's exactly what it is. You you we we all work on our strengths instead of saying, you know, what 
What are my weaknesses? What, what are my weaknesses? Which is really a part of uh, self assessment that so, uh, so many people lack. And so. if you if you can look in the mirror, I always knew, you know, using myself as an example, I always knew that the the musical parodies and the voices mm-hmm. and the mimicry was easy. So I said, here, okay, I need to work on my joke writing right, right, because right. otherwise I will just be like one of these right. uh, guys that. Just is really an impressionist, yeah. impressionist uh, under the guise of comic, and yeah. you really don't have anything to say. Right, right. After people are like, wow, he does sound like him. Yeah, yeah but now what? Yeah. You know, give me yeah. some, give me some, uh, some depth. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, most that's been a, a a great combo. We didn't get into how did you wind up? You said you ran a, your own escort service. So uh, I just real quick before we go, <laughs> you know that's been in back of my head. I'm like I ain't gonna let that just go. So what happened was I was I was I was stripping at the uh-huh. time, mm-hmm. and um, there was a uh, a strip club that I knew the, all the girls there and everything. And this is funny. This is interesting because it shows you what a dirtbag Rudy Giuliani is. Because no. that was the time when he was cleaning up. New oh, York, and, and, right? and 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 speaking on that, people don't really, people outside of New York City don't realize that prior to 9-11 for about a two or three a year period, bag. there were street artists that had for sale pictures of Giuliani with the Hitler mustache sure, because sure. it was very, you know. If you listen to old Big L, the Big yeah, L, yeah. Uh, if you look at the freestyle, uh, Jay-Z freestyle yeah. Big mm-hmm. L, he talks about Murdering Giuliani, yeah, like that was pervasive in right. hip hop music right, yeah. because he had that whole crew called We Are the Night, right. and that was when Amadou Diallo got the forty one shots. Yeah. And after the forty one shots, he ne- never even apologized right. for it. He was like, it was great police work. Right. And and so what's interesting on that that was like ninety eight. Mm-hmm. So what's interesting is that we're talking about this. In 2018, what was going on then? Like, if you listen to old hip-hop, Giuliani is all over hip-hop. Right, right. It's funny, I did um, the Tough Crowd. Mm -hmm. It was me, me, Patrice, Kevin Hart, and Flex Alexander. Right, I remember that episode. And one of the things that Colin had asked, when do we get over race? And I said... You you, There was, after the Holocaust, Mm -hmm. there was a... A denazification of Germany. Mm-hmm. So the apologies and reparations, mm-hmm. and they all the Iron Crosses and the I, the the, uh, the 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 Falcons and the the swastikas came off the and that there was a, a an apology right. for that. And uh, and so we were talking. I was like, so here's what's interesting is the you we, after slavery there was never a de-dixification of so the Dixiecrats who were the the Southerners, the the the, the Confederates, who right. who basically put the Confederate flags up and stuff, and those statues that we're talking about now. Right. This was two thousand three, and we were talking about this then right. about the Confederate flag and the statues. They put it up as a as a means to let you know that you're subjugated, right. subjugated. Um, the so I said uh, on the show, I said when you when when white people de-dixify America. Then we could set a date when you could get over, right. over, over racism. So, what happened was getting back to the Giuliani thing. Giuliani was the the Gestapo right. in New York City, and guys, there was more police brutality, stop and frisk, all of that stuff was going. Not only that, people don't notice Giuliani made his bones locking up all the monsters in South Street Seaport. Dig it. 
using the RICO law, which is if you know somebody who's a criminal, you are criminal too, which is unconstitutional. Right. And all of those people that he locked up, they got out of jail because it was unconstitutional. All of those things that made him the, the, the top cop, the assistant DA, all of those cases got overturned. Right. So, and that, that was, he was the one who applied the RICO law. So at the time, um, there was a 60-40 um, thing yeah, where, where if you had adult porn and whatnot, it would right. be porn and that's it was a lot of comedy clubs. We had a couple right. of comedy Grand clubs. Comedy club. Yeah, it was, it was comedy club. Yeah. And it was a comedy club right. and a strip club. One one. That's why like the DVD stores on, mm-hmm. on uh, 8th Avenue right. have regular DVDs and porny DVDs too. Yeah. So, so um, but he was, he had Vice um, coming into strip clubs and shutting them down, locking mm. people up. Mm. And uh, I was asked to come in and manage the this the strip club. Oh. <laughs> and it was one. Of, it was a wild, grimy cheetah club. I remember cheetah. Yeah. So I was thinking uh, AJ from One Hundred Six and Park, and now uh, Access Hollywood are extra. Because yeah, 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 yeah. They used to promote there on like Monday or Tuesday yes, nights. Yeah. Yes, they used to do the lockdown parties and yeah. stuff. So um, he. Um, so they were so afraid to get locked, shut down. Mm-hmm. They had, because I knew the girls, I knew all the strippers. They used mm-hmm. to come to my shows, and so I started managing. But they were they were having sex. Mm-hmm. You know how Chris Rock says no sex in the champagne right, room. Right. Well, there was sex in right. the in the right. in the cheetah club or the closet. Or right, whatever. right. I mean, they would <laughs> right. literally give you a lap dance and just slide it to the side and get it get it right. popping. Right. And I was fighting with them. I mean, stop having sex in the club. Right. Stop fucking in the club. And uh, and then I was like, bing, why, uh, why don't we just take this out of the club? Right. And so I ended up managing all these chicks. But at one time, it was like 12 chicks I was managing. Sure. Not something I'm proud of, but right, it was right. a, I was in the in the scope of that. Right. It was the, part of your journey. Yeah. You know, and as, um, as Oprah would say. Yeah, yeah. And and it was you know it's just something that you but but at once you know you're talking about you're managing twelve the emotions of twelve women at one time, but you get used to it. It's just right. like anything else. The human body either dies or it copes. Right. You know, so they didn't <laughs> so they didn't kill me. Um. <laughs> Which is how I got on all the relationship stuff, and mm-hmm. that's that's how the the uh, the it ended up. My actually, my my wife was a female stripper, and she helped me organize, mm-hmm. and that was we ended up getting married. And after later, we ended up getting married, but that's how I ended up managing the uh, little escort service. Oh, dude! Wow. Yeah, well, and and. And then you became a relationship guru with. Well, first it was the Black Phillips show with Opie, Opie Whip and Patrice. Anthony. Yeah, yeah. Um, was it on their network? Yeah, it was on their network. Right. It was on their network. Yeah. And then, then after Patrice passed. Yeah, I was looking for something to kind of lick my wounds. Okay. And I did it in, in an homage to him. Right. Um, which gave me a lot. It gave me a lot of heat because you know Patrice was famous, so it was like, you know, oh, you taking Patrice's, right. and I was like, dog, I was. Like you, you right. I'm to 15 years. I mean, I stripped for for 11, right. and I and I uh, I'm I managed right. <laughs> uh, for seven. Right, right. So it's like, and Patrice was a relationship serial relationship dude. Right. Like he wasn't really doing you know wilding out. You know, didn't have a lot of women and stuff like. Not until mm-hmm. you know he was famous and he talks about the Brazil trips right. and stuff. And he was like, I remember he's him always t- trying to get me to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Dan, you gotta come. 
just go. I was like, no, Patrice, I'm getting married next month, you know? You should go before you get married. Hey, you just, you learn what it's like to be a man. And I'm like, I'm good. And what's, what's interesting about that, he always tried to get me to go, and I go, dog, I was living, I was the top male exotic dancer right. on the East Coast. Right. I was living that here. Right. right. So I didn't need to go to Brazil. Right. Because yeah, with Jim Norton, <laughs> right? Because they, they were, you know, I was objectified, right? You know, right. Ain't that something? I was objectified, and I mean, I I used to come in with scratches and bite marks. Oh, I mean, wow. like the, it, you know, it's when you understand the dynamics of attraction, right. and you you're able to touch a woman on that on that visceral level. Mm-hmm. It, it's not cognitive anymore, right? You know, it's it's really it becomes non-cognitive, uh, where it becomes this lack of being able to, to losing control. Right. I had a girl stab me at the strip club. No, no, oh. just uh, because. Under then I read this book called uh, Sex at Dawn. Sex at Dawn, but it's got Christopher D. Ryan. You would love this book. It's uh, but Sex at Dawn. Talks about um, it talks about uh. Just the the biloba monkeys and the instinctual way in which attraction is because their biloba monkeys are the closest thing to human beings. Okay. So they're ninety nine percent, you know, the same DNA as us, but their 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 social is the same way ours mm-hmm. is. And so I always believe, you know, it always it just dawned on me that there's this visceral, uh, instinctual bed that's in place, mm-hmm. and then we have the cognitive or what I call a social contract, which is marriage, monogamy, fidelity, that sits on top. And to not reckon, to think that we've moved so far beyond our ability to be animals, that that those things are not, we're not affected by those things anymore, is a mistake. Right. Because those things seep up through marriage and fidelity, and then because you're not aware of it, and it it, it changes your choices, Mm -hmm. you make your choices. So... You know, human beings are not monogamous, mm-hmm. but we're also not vegetarians. We we process protein, mm-hmm. um, but we can choose to be vegetarians. Mm-hmm. That doesn't stop our ability to process meat protein, right? You know, and so the, we're not monogamous on an instinctual level, but we can choose to do that. And not knowing all the angles of that is is uh, is where the mistake is. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't think that relationships. Laughs mm-hmm. because it's understanding that there's that that visceral bed mm-hmm. that's constantly trying to seep through it is where we make the mistakes, right. you know. Right. Because right. we're so cognitive and we're so intellectual that we don't understand that we're animals. You take anybody, you waterboard people or you torture people, they resort to biting, scratching, mm-hmm. and spitting. Right. Which is this visceral right. thing that we right. you know, so how how is that so <laughs> And then this is not so. Right, right. You know, so, and we're different. We're, you know, anybody that says men and women are, it's just, it's, it's absurd. Right. I mean, you look at Grey's Anatomy, the, the, the book, mm-hmm. there's no section for black dudes, white dudes, and Asian dudes. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? There's mm-hmm. a section for women, female mm-hmm. anatomy, and a section for men, but there's no, <laughs> so there is something different. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, if you cut, you know, I always, the analogy I use is, if you lose an arm, mm-hmm. you and I, say we do the same things, and all of a sudden you get an arm amputated. Your life is infinitely different mm. the day you lose your arm. Right. How you do things. 
So can you imagine if all of this one day you woke up with a vagina? Like then how infinitely different your life is, you know? So it's it's just absurd. But that's that's how I got into it. it was it was uh, kind of tossed into it, and then uh, and somebody got hurt. One of the girls got hurt, and then I just I just couldn't. I just didn't have that. You you had empathy and it yeah I didn't have that pimp hand I yeah. didn't have that you pimp have to be a certain yeah you gotta be cold you gotta cold. be cold blooded uh, you gotta get my money that's yeah. what it's gotta be and if you're not that you gotta say that I'm not that yeah. and I I could, and then I got after that I got to a point where when people would call me for female strippers and mm-hmm. stuff like I wouldn't even I was like nah you know, I don't I don't know nobody like I didn't even want to be part of yeah yeah in no shape or form because it was just was a really kind of a bad situation, right. and, and uh, wearing down. With yeah, you know, on and, top of that, you get stabbed. That that brings it home. Yeah, and yeah, you, yeah. You know, this is this is like you like you said earlier when if uh, if you're gambling five hundred yeah. a hand and you don't and you only have a thousand by that third hand, <laughs> you, it's over. It's a problem. Yeah, yeah. You, know? yeah. you got to be that dude, and yeah. if you're not that dude, right, you got to not be that dude. Right, you really not be that dude. But the but the principles are the same. Yeah. Um, it, they, they're the same. It's universal philosophies when you boil things down to the root, like when we were talking about Muhammad Ali and Bruce Lee and dudes who are like, all the, they're all saying the same thing. They're all saying the same exact thing. And, it, and it's it, because the truth and authenticity is, is where it starts. Right. And, and how they get to that is maybe different, but it always comes out to authenticity Credibility and empathy. Empathy, you know, yeah. spoken like a true G. What's the the uh, so you're rebranding the Base Phillips show? Man to School Two Hundred Two. Man School Two Hundred Two. Where can they? Uh, they can get it on iTunes. They can get it. At, it's still on Base Philip, but you could you'll be able to Google Man School Two Hundred Two. Okay. If not, you can get it on mine, DanteNero.com. Okay. Um, all the stuff will be on Instagram and right. the Dante Nero. Yeah, all that good stuff. And uh, do you have anything that we should be uh, keeping up with or is up, upcoming aside? Yeah, I just, well, it's funny because I, I was supposed to be in the, uh, I was actually in, I shot 17 Days with the Ocean's 8 movie and then I got edited out. All out of all of it? They changed oh, the whole storyline. That's so And funny. I was like, ugh. Ah, damn, I feel for you. And bro. that was day, like 17, 17 days. You're a, like, okay, I'm going to I'm in. in. Yeah. I'm in something. Right. I mean, I might lose. They took the whole storyline out, and this this happened to me with, uh, with John Wick. Too. John Wick too. Right, yeah, right. yeah. I, remember I went to see it like uh, I'm a man. Dante and you can and... see me in the first like you know when uh, Leguizamo picks up the car. Uh huh. I'm by the tow truck. Okay, that's so the gotta, only thing. But Leguizamo got written out yesterday. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, he, was... he they were because it was that chick Ruby Rose. They wanted to focus on her. Well, she wasn't even in the movie when I shot my scenes. I had a fight scene and everything. Oh, wow. And they brought her in and they rewrote the movie. Whoever her agent is. Yeah. You know, wow. that gender fluid kind of thing that she, you know. Yeah. Because she, she was out on Orange is New Black. Yeah. I was, she's in something else. I just saw oh, she's Triple Four. She was and in Triple like, X. She was yeah. A, yeah. She's getting it. But it's what's really like Keanu. Keanu's like six. Five to sixty to forty. Oh, I didn't realize. I knew. Was, I figured he's he was a about big dude, my, my, like six three, six four. He's a big dude, okay. and then Ruby Rose is tiny. eighty pounds, ninety yeah. pounds, yeah. and she's and five three. You the killer, right. really? Right. Come on, like 
you're not the killer. Right. So, right. but you know, whoever our agent was got me written right out of so. Wow. So at a theater you, near you, if I don't get edited out. Would well, you still get your residuals for you? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, I don't know. Cause I know I got written out of I, the people. People always like, yo, I just saw you in Spider Man Three. I'm like, I get checks for Spider Man Two as well. Were you written out? I was that that particular scene was written out, but I still I maybe I remember the first time I got a check for Spider Man Two. I got it and then I hid like in the closet. But I was like, I don't know. If <laughs> what was the scene? You did? It was one of those, one of those, um, you know, just a uh, uh, testimonial type scenes. Uh-huh. I think uh, Ben Bailey did one the same day I did mine. I think what you call that one too? Norton had one too. Norton was in the first he was one. In the first one, yeah. Uh, Donnell was in. Donnell made it. He yeah. made the cut in part two. Yeah. I and I learned a lesson doing that one because uh, I told people, yo, you yeah. check your man out, and then I was written out of it. So when I did Spider Man three, I didn't tell anybody because DC that was was crazy. Yeah. The day I shot for Spider Man three, well, it might have been like a couple of days, but it was real mm-hmm. quick. Um, DC they did two groups at the same uh, hot dog cart. Mm-hmm. And DC Benny was in one scene or mm. did did one group and I did the other. Right. And the moment I said, I think I'm gonna make the cut, there was you ever been on set and you have a dude that is doing the actor thing. He's he's trying instead of just being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there was a dude. So Sam Remy, the director of the uh the first uh Spider-Man trilogy with uh Toby uh McGuire, um, he came over um, during lunch, he was like, "Yes, I, I'm, I'm enjoying everything y'all are doing." And I'm just like, "Oh, thanks. I know. Right. Lay low." Right. This dude's like, um, "So Sam, do you want me to?" And Sam's like, "No, no. What you doing?" He's like, "He's like, no, but I'm thinking maybe I should." And and when he did that, and he was with DC, I was like, well, "I think I'm in. <laughs> I think I made the cut because this dude yeah. is annoying, right? Yeah. He's he's overacting. Yeah. It's like, dude, you did he get did he get cut? They, yeah, they, they cut, cut they the, cut it. Then and, and I wound up you got it. Yeah, because it was like I said, they were they kept the girl was gonna be in either way. Yeah. They used her. So they were like, say there were four people in the scene. There was like an old dude, a girl, um, um, uh, DC, and DC sort sort of, yeah. Yeah. And and both of them are like ethnically ambiguous. So it could be like a Latino and an Arab dude versus me with whomever. And so they they just wound up. So it was just really like, what color are we going to go with? You know, this United Color Benetton scene. Right, right, right. And they wound up going with me. Yeah, I've learned my lesson this time. I ain't opening my mouth. You don't talk. People call you like, yo, why are you? You're like, oh, man, you know, I I, I did that last year. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just put the 17 days. I was like, yo, Ocean's 8. I was using it as a credit. Yeah, yeah, And everything. I was like, damn. Damn, man. Seventeen days, though you you, because because you might mess around and wind up on the uh, with the, the video outtakes. extras. Yeah, I'm on the outtakes for for John Wick. So then you should get you'll get residuals. Then the, what you call it too? Uh, but that so the uh, the because I was Leguizamo's hitman. Okay, and uh, he got written. Yeah, I, I was when I saw the movie. I was like, damn, man, you really you. Yeah, I thought I, lo- I loved what he did, and then he made the phone call at the end. I liked him in in the yeah. first one. Oh, where he was, was like, great. oh, this guy, this guy, yeah. you know, he killed his dog. He yeah. killed his dog. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. un, un, undersung. He doesn't yeah. get the death yeah, he uh, he deserves. Man. And, he, and just watching him, you know, work. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it's a couple of dude, man, uh, you know, Spader. When I, I did the thing with Spader, mm-hmm. that was what was that the, that, the, the, the uh, blacklist. blacklist. Okay. That dude, you work with these dudes, and they make you better. Yeah, you're like, and he would do this thing. I'm running my mouth, but no, he fine. he would do this thing where he would never cut the camera. Okay, so he would run, and then he'd go, yeah, so. Uh, Johnny Wilco, a good friend of mine, and he would just go into this go thing, right and then he would stop, and he would go, give me the line before that. Okay. And then now I'm racking my... <laughs> right. Oh, uh, who the fuck are you? And he's like, give me the line before that, the two lines before that. And he... Right. But he lets the camera run, and he just goes, rocks. Right, right, goes, right. Goes, 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 right. and then he lets them yeah. cut it the way they want to cut right. it. And I'm like... That's, that's when it's your show. And yeah, and I was like... Spend that money. And I'm, I'm trying to give him the line, you know, because yeah. it's my job to give him the line. I'm like... You're, like, uh, you're not saying that. Uh, <laughs> but the pressure makes you better. Yeah, you yeah. know the pressure makes you better. As, as it should. As it, well, Dante, uh, what, what's your social medias? Uh, every, Don, the Dante Nero, Dante Nero on Twitter. Uh, Instagram is the Dante Nero. Okay. And just go DanteNero.com. All my all my stuff okay. is there. So, so there. Yeah. Man, pleasure. Thank you, brother. You know, I want to shake your hand, but yeah, I, no, I know you're sick, so I'm air pounded. <laughs> air pounded. Um, yeah, I hope y'all enjoyed this. Uh, hit 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 him up. Um, you know, if you enjoyed, uh, you know, leave a comment. Uh, I just learned this weekend because um, I did a podcast out in. Um, uh, damn, I don't have my phone on me. I did uh, I did Acme Comedy. Uh, Company, they have a podcast um, that I reposted on on uh, on my Facebook. Uh, yeah, you did mine. Um, let me see. I don't know my phone probably dead, but let me see. The, uh, you just did mine episode. Hold on. Oh, the beige Philip. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was dope. We had, yeah, we, we had, had, we had fun. That was a that was a good episode. But y'all, y'all make sure whatever you listen on, make sure you comment. Episode three sixteen. Episode three one six. Um. You know, and, and if you're digging it, you know, tell a friend, make sure you download and, and, and keep it going. And I'll, like I said, I'm, I'm going for a couple of weeks, so I apologize in advance. Uh, but listen to an old episode with any of the people we were talking about earlier from Ted Alexander. And now you can yeah. listen to Ted and say, you know, he does have a thing <laughs> slash um, Todd Mary going uh, or, or Judah or whomever, man. Yeah. We just I, I, I love having my friends that are veterans in this because they you know a lot of newer comics will, will tell me that they listen and, and they, they they appreciate it so that makes me feel like alright I'm doing something that's bigger than me and so I feel a responsibility to do my best to get them out and maintain that discipline of, of getting them out because that keeps me focused you know so um, all love I'll see y'all in Vegas uh, July 12th through 15th and, and we'll keep rocking out all love man see that was Two fingers. Thank you, Dante. Peace.